races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Let's do it. I'll start in five seconds. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 47. I am your host, Greg Troxel. You can find me at under or well, you know, depends. But NUFC underscore Greg. Um, you can find me plenty of other ways, but I'm not gonna tell you how to do that. Um, we're gonna today. We got a jam-packed podcast for you. We're gonna talk about some club news. We're gonna preview Everton. Um, it's you'll be surprised at some of the stats I'm gonna throw out at you today for that. But before we get all started with that, I, a couple things I wanted to uh, just say thank you for before I introduce the best damn co-host in the land, and that is to thank you for everyone who's been subscribing and reviewing previewing our and like writing blurbs and giving five-star reviews to our podcast um we've definitely noticed the influx in the last few weeks so that's been awesome thank you guys for been doing that if you haven't done that definitely reach out and do that wherever you listen to your podcast it's a simple click of the five stars and just do write a little blurb and it does so much it makes our bosses at sp nation happy it makes everybody happy um, and it gets our podcast out to everyone. So please subscribe. Please, Fabian, share our podcast and um, keep reviewing us. We really appreciate it. So without further ado, I will introduce the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What's up? Please never say share Fabian, share our podcast. That was I, – I cringed. Uh, not only am I going to say it more, I'm going to say it a lot more. Okay, well, I guess if people want to follow me, they can do that at uh, Elijah mean, underscore mean, Newsom. <laughs> yeah, and Fabian share his Twitter, too. Oh, my gosh. Don't ever Fabian share my Twitter. <laughs> Fabian share my tweets. Fabian share his tweets and his Twitter. Yeah, I I, I actually noticed I don't tweet that much anymore. Like, I used to tweet That's all the time. Dude, I used to tweet way more often. Maybe, like, yeah. I, if I if there's a sporting event on, I'll be tweeting about it. But just like random random middle of the day tweets, I don't do that anymore. And this is also a reminder to us listeners, especially if you're invested in MLS, that the Philadelphia Union are currently ahead of the defending champion Atlanta United. So did you guys win your first match last season? Yes, but we didn't win this one. What? Oh, you drew we, this one? No. <laughs> We lost three to one in Toronto, but we scored, so we're ahead of you. <laughs> okay, so you guys have just been ahead of us after the first game for like this must like probably the third season in a row because we've lost every opening match in our yeah. MLS club history. Yeah, and right now we're currently ahead of you as the defending champs. Oh gosh, right, Michael well. Bradley scored two goals against Philadelphia this weekend. It was tough. <laughs> yeah, and he he's a holding midfielder. 
he also should have gotten a red card in the first 30 minutes. But that's a whole different uh, plan. I will get upset. But that's fine. Let's talk. Speaking of, sh- of sharing our podcast, why don't you start by talking about share? Okay. Uh, that was a good segue. Um, yeah. Before I before I share about share, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. You do. At, it. Uh, Go ahead. At chn radio, chn underscore radio for the podcast, and at coming home nufc for the main site. If you want to read what Greg and I talk about, like you want to read some of our work, you can check out comminghomenewcastle.com. We got some fresh stuff on there. Got some Sean Longstaff content. Some. Uh, what else have you written about? Some youth team content. Yeah. Um, we just lost some Morpeth Town. Some loans. All yeah, that good loans. stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want to do any of that. Um, and of course, if you have any feedback for us, if you want to get involved, email us at uh, chnradionufc at gmail.com. So now let's get into some club news. First things first. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Um, no, actually, first things first. Uh Fabian Scher named uh, FIFA Team of the Week, so we yes. just announced that he was uh, he won Goal of the Month. Now he's Team of the Week, um, and the only really reason, real reason, we're sharing this one, I play FIFA. Wait, we're so, sharing this? Oh gosh, this is getting a bit <laughs> ridiculous. But okay, yes. but the big the big reason for talking about this sharing is, it, is, yeah, sharing it um, is <laughs> it's really because with his. His uh, team of the week card, which makes him an 84 rated center back, he's normally like a 75 or 74, I think. Um, it makes him a higher rated striker than Hosselu. So, like with his stats, which is like 64 pace, 75 dribbling, 78 shot power, 83 defending, the 79 pass, 83 uh, physical, um, or I guess it's like an average for shooting. So, it's like a 78 average for all shooting. He's a 78 rated striker. Um, and that makes sense after the goal he had. And Hosselu, uh, even right now, is somehow a 74-rated striker, like overall 74-rated player, but a 73-rated striker, and is slower than Cher with 59 pace, a worse dribbler with 70 dribbling, obviously a worse <laughs> defender with 29 defending, a way less physical specimen uh, at 70 physical rating, which is like pace, strength, all that stuff, and then like 64 passing and 72 shooting compared to shares 78 shooting in his team of the week card so just like in real life um fabian shares a better striker than hosselu um so there yeah, you go. We got that Hossler. one one yeah one goal uh behind uh ioce paris in uh goal scored the season so that's uh, what how many goals does real madrid's hosselu have this season yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to look that up. Here, I, I got you. One second. I'm do you, okay. <laughs> All right, Greg. Over yeah. under one. <laughs> are you taking the over or the under? Or are you going to say that it hits at one? What's that? Are you going to take the over or the under? Or are you going to say like it hits well, at one? I know the answer, so it's not fair. Okay. All right. I'm going so, to guess that it's over one. I think it's two. You're you're correct. Oh, yeah, it's two goals. Two goals in 16 matches <laughs> with a 6.19 rating. That's what you love to see. Yeah. Gosh. But, yeah, uh, so let's get into some other stuff. What else is going on, Greg? Okay, well, um, this is something that's interesting. So Mike Ashley is actually supposedly leaving Sports Direct. He's bouncing from Sports Direct to run 
the UK retailer Debenhams. Um, he's actually stepping down as CEO of Sports Direct, which is big news for me. I know why well, I won't give up your stance on this, Elijah, but for me, it could mean anything. Uh, and that's the, the, the whole idea of this. So the board has been engaging with Sports Direct and other shareholders, and they're pretty disappointed that Sports Direct has taken this action. Debenhams is disappointed in this. Debenhams doesn't want Mike Ashley, but Mike Ashley's doing it. And then the stakeholders of Sports Direct is happy because Mike Ashley is leaving Sports Direct. So shareholders are, are pissed at, at Sports Direct because they've just been in a steady decline for years. So... Ashley is now moving his focus from the CEO position of Sports Direct to the CEO position of Debenhams, and he's going to be the head executive there, which is which is pretty big news because if he has taken his focus and his shares may be the same at Sports Direct, but I'm sure his take, I'm sure his he's just stepping down as CEO and he still has the same amount of ownership. Yeah, but if you're that's taking, the way if the, you're what I was reading, down, that's what it looked like. Yeah, but if you're stepping down as as exec of Sports Direct. Then he is also stepping away from a lot of decision making roles, which his shares will still be there, but his decision making will be vacant, and his shares will be completely affected by the moves made by whoever is now chief executive. So it's a big risk for him, and I don't. So I don't see like as a businessman, you don't unless you directly know the person taking charge, which I don't know it's the case because apparently the sports rec board will be voting on this. Right now it's, it's the CFO. Who's yeah, yeah, it. as interim, but not long-term. Yeah. yeah, it's interim. And so that means Mike Ashley would be completely risking so, hundreds of millions of dollars on a person that he doesn't know who will be voted, and he will not have a say because he's stepping down. So it won't even be his vote. So it could be somebody completely random. I'm sure he'll be tipped off on it. I mean, he has run the company for a long time. So I'm sure he'll know. But it's, it seems like a big risk for somebody to keep all their money in that pot. So I, I see, this is just me, and it's no reporting whatsoever. This is just my prediction and what I know about business. I see him pulling those shares out. And I see him kind of going all in and what he's investing in, like essentially controlling what you can control in Debenhams. And yeah, I think it's a huge possibility that the club gets sold. This, like I said, it's just me. But you are overtaking a, a failing business and you're sitting on a money pit, which is Newcastle United, hundreds of millions of pounds. You easily sell that money. You get. You don't even have to invest all of it. You can invest one fifth of that money into the company, and that company is now profitable. And you're still sitting on two hundred mil, three hundred mil, four hundred mil. Um, after the the company becomes profitable, I, I think this could be a very big move for Newcastle. It's surprisingly underreported, and it could end up being a pretty big deal. It also could not, but I'm looking at it from the side of. Why would a, a billionaire leave this much money unattended and un, not under his control to the side? No, no smart businessman would do that, in my opinion. What, do, what, do you, what is your take on this revelation? Is, in my I mean, words? a lot of CEOs step down and leave boards and then are still shareholders in the company. At, at a certain Majority point... Majority shareholders? Kind of, huh? 
majority yes. shareholders? Yes, Arthur Blank did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, Arthur Blank, the dude who, jeez, uh, now I'm blanking on people. It's it's one forty-five in the morning, but I mean, I'll I'll write an article on this at some point in the future and name some people who do this. But it's just like as an executive, there's like you kind of run your course, and it's just like there's only so much you can do in order to take the company forward. And Mike Ashley is obviously peaked and he's on a decline um, in terms of popularity within Sports Direct as well as like being able to be innovative with that company. So it makes sense that he would leave. Um, I I personally just don't think anything's going to change. That's kind of my stance. I kind of over... I didn't overreact. I said the wrong thing when Greg and Brian were first geeking out about this. I was like, it's not a story. But, it, I mean, it is a story. I just don't think anything's going to happen. Um, I mean, I think maybe the new CEO wants to conduct business as an actual businessman. And possibly, um, you know, we they pay for advertisements and um, things like that. But, I mean, there's, this doesn't stop Mike Ashley from pulling money from Newcastle to put into his other ventures. Um, it doesn't, you know, stop him from doing the same thing he did with Sports Direct with Demonims or whatever it's called. Um, you know, so it doesn't really like you still at the end of the day right now, as it stands, Mike Ashley still controls Newcastle and another property, other multiple properties in which he wants to make money. And from what we've seen in the past, like he's going to use the club to his advantage, albeit unfairly in order to make his other businesses profitable. Um in terms of sports direct, I mean, if anything, if like it could be possible that his shares are worth even more. And sure, if he sells up, maybe something happens. If he sells, I, I mean, it's all possible. But right now, like I don't think anything's going to happen, um, you know, immediately or that's going to make a big impact. Um, and maybe there's stuff that's behind the scenes that we don't know because it's never gotten out. Like maybe this means that there's less money tied up in sports direct coming directly from the club, um, which should we know. We don't know that for sure because obviously Mike Ashley has never gone on record and said that they're taking money from Newcastle and putting it in the Sports Direct. But if there's an increased investment, like we'll talk about in in a couple stories, if there's an increased investment and it's and there's the you know subsequently he's also stepping down from Sports Direct and you know not having any control over that organization and their dealings with Newcastle, then, you know, maybe there is something there. But for now, I don't think anything is to really come of it. And I think that's kind of why it's not been that reported because I think it's more not been that reported um, simply because we don't really know what this means. You don't want to jump on things too quickly. I think one example is this is when uh, we were going through the the takeover saga and the, um, like the Newcastle updated its uh, like charter. And, like, everyone jumped on that. Like, everyone wrote something about it, Chronicle, everything. And people were being Twitter detectives and all this stuff. And, like, I tweeted out from the Coming of Newcastle account. I was like, I mean, this doesn't mean anything because the last time they updated their charter was 20 years ago. And everyone's like, yes, but it was 20 years ago. I was like, dude, you should update. Like, the way businesses conducted in the past 20 years has changed drastically. So you have to update charters like you just have to like it was due to be updated at some point um and they were pointing like oh the last time it was it was updated was when it was like yeah it was like 10 years before that so i don't know um but yeah so this could be another thing where people just don't want to overreact with how it actually 
deals with the actual club. You don't want to get burned again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I hope change happens. I mean, I'd love to see this club be competitive again. I'd love to see Mike Ashley be the owner. Everyone thought he would be. Um, and maybe having the pressure of uh, sports direct off his back, maybe we'll turn him into a better owner. But for now, I can't. You all right? Yeah. You good? I dropped my bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just, you can cut that and say, for now, no, I can't No, I think I might it. keep that in. <laughs> yeah, keep it in. Keep it in. You know, this is raw. Yeah, if this you cut raw. this out, I, I'm cutting you. But anyway, uh, for now, um, it's just, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I hope something actually does happen. And I hope that Newcastle benefits from it. But, I mean, there's nothing in Mike Ashley's past that would elude me to even think that. So. So you mentioned one thing I wanted to point out. So you mentioned Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank actually had a similar, actually almost identically similar situation to this. So so Mike, so Arthur Blank found Staples while he owned um, Home Depot. So he invested, I don't know, it was a small amount in comparison. It was like, I don't know, three or four mil maybe five mil into Staples. And then he was going to buy the Falcons and he left Home Depot. He essentially, he sold all of his shares and only owned a one and a half percent stake of Home Depot and was able to buy the Falcons and build what he has now. So, so Arthur Blank, it's not, it's not similar to what Mike Ashley has because Arthur Blank, he let go of his assets to buy the sports teams to build other businesses, a.k.a. is Atlanta United and the Falcons. So, and that's that's kind of what I see happening here. Like, I can easily see him selling off Newcastle to buy, to, to immediately bring in hundreds of millions of pounds to then sell off his shares at Sports Direct to also bring in hundreds of millions of pounds. And then you have a man that has a billion dollars worth of liquid cash where he could just throw wherever the hell he wanted and make a That's ton true. of money doing it. Yeah. It's like as a business decision, it's it's extremely lucrative for him. Yes. It is, but he's And that's to... that's why I say it could be massive because if he's thinking like as if he's really looking to build not just debitums but his own financial wealth and he could be happy where he is. And that's where you come into play with your point, saying that you know the guy's already a billionaire. But if he's looking, he's a, I see this move as an opportunity to absolutely just double or triple dip my wealth. I could do this right now, and he could. And, and but, that's where I see. Yeah, I just I don't think he's competent enough to do that because, like, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to you know buy dividends, which is that was like a failing. Uh, it was a failing, well, I guess it technically it is. still is, a failing yeah. department store. Department store, one thing. You can rebrand department store, all that stuff. But to buy like things like a CD slash DVD store, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, how is that a good business move in any <laughs> a way A record whatsoever? store. <laughs> and, and yeah, there's there's stuff that he does that's like, okay, this makes business sense. Cool. Yeah. Like, and, and you can see, and that's part of like how he runs the club. Some of the decisions he makes somewhat makes sense in terms of like running a business but then he makes thing he makes decisions that are just like if you're trying to make money why would you do this it's yeah. like the same thing where it's like if you want to not spend a lot of money on players just make the initial like 
25, 50 million pound investment in your academy. And in like four or five years, you've probably doubled that in terms of sales because you have a very solid academy. You're able to produce players and you can sell excess players for cash. But yeah, you know that. Yeah, it's Mike Ashley. So we don't actually yeah. know what's going on. That's it, the it's definitely something of, of note. Fan. It's definitely something of note. And yeah. Uh, depending, it depends on what business he wants to take it, but it's a direction that could be very positive for Newcastle fans. It also could mean everything runs the same, but there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of different opportunities and avenues that could be taken here. And I see, I see it as a positive for Newcastle supporters, but um, I could definitely be swinging and missing here. It's another one of those my opinion things. All right, so let's move on to the next thing. It's Peter Beardsley time, legend. But we might have a different outlook now. So I'll read the club statement. Um, Newcastle United can confirm that Peter Beersley is not no longer employed by the club. We are grateful for the contribution Peter has given our given over the years as a player, coach, and ambassador, and we wish him well for the future. The club will make no further comment at this time. Uh, Peter Beersley responded to that statement, and he said. The time is now right for me to seek a new challenge, and I wish the players all the best and the supporters the success they deserve. I've always honored my contractual obligations of contribution. Wow, I can't even talk. I've always honored my contractual obligations of confidentiality to the club and maintained my silence, which has in itself been very difficult. I'm incredibly grateful for the tremendous support I've received, and I look forward to the future. Sorry for, about my uh, English mishaps, but that is the it's okay. two You're statements. A yes, and I've also had liquor tonight, so oh, whoa, that adds to it. Family friendly but... podcast here. <laughs> not, it's really not anymore. Not after the Warren Barton pod. It's yeah, we've gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, but Beersley was, he was suspended on full pay following a suspension for allegations of racism and bullying that was made by members of the U23s. Beersley has always denied the claims. Um, and there was a severance package that was agreed between the lawyers representing both sides. So, you know, you can go the innocent until proven guilty. You can, I mean, it doesn't matter what side you believe, really. It's just the fact of the matter is that Beardsley is no longer with Newcastle United. Elijah, your thoughts? Um, I, I think the only thought I really have is, I mean, um, it's, I mean, whatever he did, they came to a conclusion that it was not a mutual benefit for him to be at the, the organization anymore. Um, whether that be because of the publicity, which this kind of story was kind of a, uh, I would say I wouldn't say it's a not it was a non-story, but it, it kind of simmered down off the after the initial allegations, and um, you know part partially because he was suspended, um, but you know so I don't know if that was the reason. I do think they might have you know done an investigation and they were just like hey you kind of did something maybe you should you know, we should part ways. Um, I think one thing that we just, we, we didn't, we didn't have a podcast at the time of this, but it was just interesting. And I believe Brian wrote about this was that all the yeah. players that he, that accused him of uh, racial abuse were all sold. Like literally like a couple weeks after the story came out. Cause it came out like in the summer, I think like in a yeah. summer window and they were all like sold or like released from the Academy, um, which was just interesting. So I don't know. Well, I know, I I know the, a few of them refused to sign. Yeah, with Newcastle. yeah, it was a, a mixture of both. Contracts it, was, were up. 
yeah, and it, it was cool. It wasn't cool, I'm sorry. It was just an interesting tidbit that we never yeah. discussed. Um, and we talked about it in our Slack a lot, and Brian's got an article on it on the site somewhere. But it's it just, you know, that's interesting. It's telling that they released these guys, and then it was telling that people didn't want to sign. So there was definitely something up, and i kind of not really shocked by this. It was a matter of a not if, but when. But, yeah, that's kind of that on that. All right. Next thing, actually, Elijah, I don't have this in our write-up, but um, if we all remember a man by the name of David Edgar. Okay. He has agreed to a contract at Hartlepool. If you don't remember, in back in 2009 was the last time he was at Newcastle. He uh, he played for us. He's from Canada. So he actually just left the Ottawa Fury to join Hartlepool. Oh, big USL team. Yeah, Ottawa Fury. Um, and then one little bit of RIP love. Uh, rest in peace to Newcastle. Former Newcastle player Bob Whitehead. Um, rest in peace there. He played for Newcastle's first team back in his first appearance was in October of 1956. Um, played against British Olympic eleven. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't even sound real. That sounds like the initial (laughs) MLS clubs. Yeah, yeah. He um, he had a few loans. He played a good amount of matches for Newcastle, but he retired due to an injury, which ended his career pretty short. But he worked for an electrical company based nearby in Newcastle in Bedlington, and he just passed away unfortunately at the age of eighty-two. So rest in peace. Bob Whitehead, and thank you for your service with the tune. Mm. I wanted to add that in. Yeah. Um, all right, next thing is Sean Longstaff. Shawnee boy, so there's it's a ligament tear. It seems like the PCL, which isn't the worst of ligament tears in the knee. This is the best case scenario for ligament tears. Yeah. Um, there are concerns for me mentally, but the best, another best case scenario is that Florian Lejeune is there. Um, I mean, okay, so it is a six to eight week injury. He doesn't need surgery. Let's get uh, that out of the way. Well, I will say this. It's just, I mean, and the club stated this. It's six to eight weeks to four months. Yes. So it's but not, I think it could be longer than six to eight weeks. Where do you hear the four months? Because I've never seen that. The club said six to eight weeks to four months in their statement. I copied and pasted their statement into our article. It just doesn't um, even give a timetable. It just says that he'll be done for the rest of the season. Okay. You you say your bit. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I was going to say I wrote an article about this. And oh, the okay. four months thing <laughs> appeared on Twitter, and everyone took took it back. And then the Chronicle quickly was like, the club has confirmed that it's not four months, that it's six to eight weeks. Interesting. Um, yeah, that was like the very first thing they did when they wrote their story on it. Um, and... There's some other Northeast reporters that think that say he's going to be back in training before the end of the season as well. Um, but he doesn't need surgery, which is the big thing, um, which is why I don't think it'll ever get to four months because he doesn't need surgery unless he does something to further damage it, which if you're rehabbing, you shouldn't do because these are professionals. They know how to rehabilitate you and know how to make sure you don't further tear the muscle and as long as he's not doing any strenuous activity on it then he should be fine and i think there's an understood expectation that he doesn't need to rush to get back so um i don't know that just 
I mean, it sucks because he was definitely... There's the... Was there the U23 World Cup this summer? Or U21 yeah. World Cup? 21, so, yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, could have been in contention for that. And, you know, maybe he's going to be healthy by then. But, you know, that's just an opportunity for him. And I did write a little bit about a couple of things. Um, and there'll be some more articles put out by our staff about this. Uh, one... There's the midfield positions. Uh, you gotta you gotta think about who's gonna come in and replace them. Um, whether or not you straight up replace them, swap them out for Diame, or swap them out for Key, or swap them out for Shelby, or you try a new pair altogether because the other three possible pairings have already all played with each other multiple games. Uh, with like Shelby and Key did years together at Swansea. Uh, Shelby and Diame did the entire championship season, and then last season. And then you got like Key and Diame who've done the beginning half of our season. So, you know, that stuff. And then you, of course, got the mental health portion. I, I you know, brought in a little bit of NBA stuff into it as well. So um, check that out. Uh, but yeah, mental health and injuries are huge. It's uh, one of the most researched topics in uh, sport management is like how do injuries affect the mental health of athletes? So if you're interested in reading about that, check out my article and I link you to some academic articles. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, pretty cool. What what you did, not the injury. Um, yeah. I think having somebody that's been through ligament tears is oh, yeah, that's huge. so important. Um, I, you know, I just hope he recovers it and he gets the confidence back because that's going to be the, the hardest thing to do. Now, Elijah, tell me about Mbemba. Chancel Mbemba. Yeah, the first thing you said was not English. You said Mbemba. Well, you know, I've been drinking, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your default excuse for everything? Yeah, I've been drinking for six oh, hours. I, oh, I didn't turn in my taxes. I've been drinking. That's what you tell also, the judge. Also accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has done their taxes already. If you have, then leave us a five-star review shaming us for not doing that. See how I did that there? All right, anyway, yeah, I, uh, I love basically, that, actually. Uh, Chantel and Bemba signed with Porto uh, last summer. Um, and as you can tell, FC Porto is, you know, a great team. Championship, uh, I mean, not championship, Champions League <laughs> team uh, who they've just moved on again due to a penalty. Um, but Mbemba's had a terrible season. Um, it started off, um, ironically, uh, same with Marino, where they got sold from Newcastle, and then literally within a day or two, were both just injured. Um, so that happened, um, and it was kind of it was it was ha 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 lol at first because the injuries weren't really serious, but it's kind of been a big deal. Uh, and Chancel Bimba, of course, his last campaign with Newcastle, um, he made he he basically made a few appearances, logged about eight hundred sixty three minutes. Um, being at Porto, he's logged half of that um, over the course of the season, which is not great. He's made zero Champions League appearances. Um, he made, you know, he had a 10-minute appearance earlier in the season, and he he didn't play for two months because he wasn't fit, and he played a couple minutes. But, yeah, he just hasn't had a lot of minutes. Um, and he's played – he's now been relegated to the uh, Porto Porto's B team, and uh, – he was even talked about being loaned to Besiktas in January. So, or sold, loaned or sold uh, to Besiktas in January. So just um, not a great start to your post-Newcastle career for Chantel Mbemba, um, who was a player I actually liked. Um, uh, you know, I'm 
you know, I'm not super sad he's gone or anything, but I thought he was one of those guys that um, when they got the opportunity, they at least tried their hardest. Um, and he did something that, you know, we praise Matt, Matt Ritchie for doing, which is he learned left back. Um, and he didn't need to do that, but he did it because he understood that it was important to the team. And he understood that was how he was going to get his play time, was filling in for um, Paul Dummett because we only had one left back. Um, so, classic Newcastle. Oh, I have another story. Um, that I forgot to mention. Um, Matt Ritchie likes playing left wing back. Thinks that he's better at it than, like, he just likes doing it. And I was just wondering, do you think he's a better left wing back or, Beth, or better winger? I think he's better as a wing back. Okay. I think he's better yeah. as a wing back, but I, and he apparently enjoys it. I think he's, he thinks he's better at it too. Um, but I just, he just he needs to pass the ball to McGalver. I'm just that's that's the only thing. Uh, yeah. He, anyway, he, all right. He can't think he's a ten. He needs to think he's the left wing back. <laughs> yeah, that's and the key. understand that you you do have to pass the ball to the guy who's yes. literally making runs. Who is the ten? All right. Yeah. So Greg, you got uh, some some encouraging news. Yeah, uh, Jolington at Hoffenheim. He currently. 23 matches in the Bundesliga, has 7 goals, 7 assists, 11 goals and 9 assists in all comps. Really good numbers if you talk about just goals involved in. Um, he's actually Comparatively at, speaking as well. Yeah, yeah, better than Real Madrid's Hasselu. Um, yeah. He is valued at 39.9 million US dollars in um, on transfer market. So apparently Newcastle are, are are planning a forty million dollar bid in order to million pound keep, bid. Yes, forty million pound bid in order to keep Rafa on on Newcastle. So that's that's I mean, you know, the links have been strong the last few weeks. It was originally sixty, now it's auspiciously forty. So we'll see on that. But it, it's definitely I mean, it's a player that we wouldn't hate to have. He can play as a false nine he could play as a, a right wing and he could pr- play as a striker it, it's somebody that we could effectively use in the center or right or top of our top three formation so it's it, i think it would be a massive improvement especially sounds if like a, a certain player better out. ioze perez <laughs> yeah just literally you. you said oh i didn't say it right. i was he setting it up false nine <laughs> yeah uh, i was setting IOZ it up perez. Yeah, a way better. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, one of those Perez guys who was bought for one point five mil. This guy would be bought for forty. So it's true. Yeah, You'd hope that better. he's better. <laughs> Actually, but, about yeah. forty times better than him. <laughs> Which still not that difficult to do. No, um, no. dude, uh, uh, he's a good. He's a good looking prospect, and he's twenty the type years of, old. Also. Yeah, he's the type of player that like you see other teams. You know, it's one of those guys where it's like, ah, oh, you're really gonna pay. 40 million pounds for this guy. You're like, you have questions about whether or not he's going to be good. But then you kind of look at some of these guys that uh, teams in the Premier League, especially if you're in the Prem, have taken a flyer on in terms of these 20, 30 million pound bids and higher. Um, like guys like Richarlson, uh, who everyone was like, why would you, why would you spend this much money on Richarlson? You only had this amount of goals last year in the Premier League. It's like, if the manager knows this is a guy he can get the most out of and he's on his list, and you just got to trust them at that point. These The Premier League scouts are, you know, supposed to be some of the best in the world. So you have to trust that they know and they're identifying good talent. And, I mean, football manager and FIFA both seem to think so. If anyone cares about that, like high potential guy in both of those, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this would be good. And I know Greg and I, and even Brian, Brian, who has the craziest opinions, all agree on one thing. And it's like, if you're going to spend 40 million pounds, I would rather spend 40 million pounds split up over two 20 million pound uh, worth players. Just because, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd rather have a stronger all-around squad rather than, like, surrounding really good players with, like, decent to subpar players, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Like, you could, like, with 40 million pounds, you could get a 20 million pound. Let's, I think Chadley was sold to Besiktas for around the same amount. You could get a true number 10. Um, my and, sweet, my sweet yeah. angel, Chadley. Yeah. You could get a true number 10 uh, in addition to Miguel Amaron who can play on the left as a number 10, whatever you want to play him as. You can get um, – you could you could have gotten Tagliaficio. You could have gotten another right back to compete with Yedlin. You could do so much money. You could do so much with 40 million pounds um, that it's like – it's great that we're spending on one player, but it's like we're not Everton and we didn't – we're not additionally going to spend, you know, another 30 million pounds filling out the squad. So – I know that's how the club operates, and maybe, you know, he sells his assets and he can finance this with that money. But, I mean, I don't know. Give me two 20 million pound guys any day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, next thing is uh, – I, I hate going this route because I know some people do like him, but one of my least favorite on Twitter supporting Newcastle, it's not Burnsy. It's Michael Martin. Burnsy's just funny. Like, yeah. everyone hates Burnsy. A lot of people hate him, but I, I've never had an issue. No, I don't have an issue with Burnsy. I just think, like, he says, like, stuff that's just, like, cringeworthy, and it's just, like, people just like to roast him because yeah. that's what happens when you're on Twitter and you make, like, not, you know, insanely, like, content, wonderful, wonderfully contented, con- wonderfully created content on Twitter. You just get roasted. Yeah. You- don't bring your A game. But anyway, so Michael Martin. It's true faith, Michael Martin, at TF Michael 1892 I think he's a massive troll, um, and I think that's on purpose. So he had a tweet today that I wanted to address, um, and I'm going to read the tweet word for word. The tweet says, things that will always be completely unacceptable. Claiming to support a football club for whom you have no familial, familial residential, or geographical connection. And then number two is C also putting tomato ketchup on your Christmas dinner. Um, okay, I, I'm I not going to be know. talking about. Okay, I'm not going to talk about option two. It's it's option one. So I was so just wondering where by, option two came from. That's not even a funny tweet. I don't even get it. But anyway, but so basically, he's saying our podcast is completely unacceptable. So we are both not related to somebody. Or we don't have a close residence to, or a geographical connection to Newcastle United. So therefore, we—it's completely unacceptable that we support them. What's your thoughts? And just initial short thoughts on this. I know it's very rentable, but let's try to keep it short. <laughs> I mean, not a lot of people agree with that. Well, yeah, obviously. Which is that, why that's my thought. It's just like. This is grasping for straws, and it's as bad as like what you know, like other guys like Les Ferdinand and everything does. Um, like it, you're grasping for straws. I mean, there are so many people, so many organizations, uh, huge accounts who um, have been incredibly accepting 
of uh, the influx of MLS fans who are now following Newcastle United, whether it's because they have a reason to follow it because of Mikel Almiron or, you know, they hadn't heard of the club before until this. The, I mean, the Almiron thing was huge for the MLS in general. So there's a lot of people who, you know, didn't have a reason to be in the Premier League. And now there's a former MLS guy uh, there who, you know, they'd like to watch. And so there's been a lot of a lot of different accounts from tune polls to um geez nufc 360 to all like literally all the big accounts that are just like welcoming with open arms all these fans and letting them know who to who to follow and letting them know like um you know the, the deal about the club why we hate mike ashley and so many people are being welcoming it's just like whatever this hate that michael martin's viewing like it's obviously like no one agrees with it and no one cares and no one's going to give him the time of day and like that's his opinion um it's a stupid opinion um in my opinion and, um, I mean, like, I don't want to be that guy, but, like, that's the kind of stuff that leads you to make regrettable decisions, being so close-minded. And I don't want to subtweet Britain, but, you know, or America, but, you know. Yeah, one, well, I mean, some of the things, uh, one person, like, I'm just looking at some of the responses, said, some one person said, I'm from South Africa, been supporting Newcastle United since my teenage years. Although many miles away, I cannot wait to watch him play through the good and bad times. Thanks for your comments. Um, Andrew Musgrave, who's a reporter, said, Michael, people can support the club no matter where they come from. It really doesn't matter if you're born in Tyneside, Gateshead, or New York. You should be proud that the club has fans from all over the world. And Michael Barton responded and said, define support. And he really said... You see an equivalence between fans who go to all the games home and away and those who watch the games on TV. And I understand why people can't get to games for lots of reasons, but the fans at games are the core support, always have and always will be. So going back to Michael's original statement, so that's fine. You say that the fans that go to the matches are core support, but the, the fans that can't make it, because my if I made it to one match, it would cost the amount that Michael Martin pays for a season ticket if not more, probably more than a season ticket. And that's completely unacceptable for him, which is completely unacceptable for me. And um, if we weren't a clean show, I would definitely say some choice words to him. Yeah. And kind of ending on this point, just to that's prove just that. That's just awful, awful. Yeah. And awful. just to prove that this is an awful opinion and no one agrees with it, uh, Michael Martin got what we like to call in the, the Twitterverse ratioed, where like yeah. you have like seven retweets or 16, 16, 17 retweets and a few likes, and then there's like the comments are just there's like way more replies than actual people supporting the tweet, and so there's eighty one replies, none of which are positive, and then seven retweets. So yeah. uh, he got ratioed. Yeah. Um, I, I, cho- I saw the tweet and I chose not even to respond from either one of the accounts because it's just like not worth the time. Like, I don't care. Um, yeah. but I mean, honestly, at some point I'd love to have him on the podcast just to troll him. Yeah. That would if be he wants to troll everyone, I'd interview. troll the heck out of him, dude. I feel like just, just to mess with him. All right. Anyway, yeah. let's, get, let's thing... finish on a pod on a positive note. Yeah. Last thing is, um, it's, it's for the people. Uh, so you're welcome. Um, at Simba Roselle Yedlin, S-I-M-B-A-R-O-S-E-L-L-E-Y-E-D-L-I-N, is the Instagram account for DeAndre Yedlin's dog Simba. And 
as Benjamin Weiss stated, it's a unit. It's an absolute <laughs> unit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a big bulldog, Simba. <laughs> um, go follow it because, I mean, it's DeAndre Yedlin's dog. Like, why wouldn't you follow that account? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it, absolutely it, it, necessary. It's, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's definitely a good boy. Good boys are named Simba. So um, there's no other news to say besides that. I mean, that's pretty much Free standard. promo for Disney. They got Lion King coming out at some point. <laughs> that's actually what, probably the worst promo they've gotten. Hey, Lion King coming out at some point. Tells you nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So let's let's get into our match against Yedlin. Oh, wow. Everton. <laughs> I've definitely yep. had a lot to drink, I guess. Wow. More than I thought. Uh, let's get to our the match against Everton. podcast guy's going to listen to this and be like, yeah, we can't. You can't use this. You guys are no. Yeah, you're doing better than me, and it's like 2 a.m. there. Um, it's yeah. after 2 a.m. there. Um, it is. So our last match against Everton was a 1-1 draw. Um, we Newcastle played with a lot of width in that one. We had surprisingly, like, well, I guess not surprisingly, no possession. We had 24%. We kind of long-balled through it. But we got a goal, and the best performers from that match were, I'll name three, Fabian Cher, this podcast, um, Dubrovka, and Christian Atsu were the three highest rated, uh, rated players for this for Newcastle. Um, as far as goal scorers go, Solomon Rondon, and on Everton side, um, it wasn't Richarlson, but he had a hell of a day. Uh, oh, no, it was Richarlson. Damn it. It was him. It was Richarlson. Yep. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Should we move on now? 69 million pounds or whatever they paid for. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I'll go over some of the lineups or injuries, and then you go over the lineups. That sound good? Sure. Um, so, obviously, unfortunately, Sean Longstaff will be out. Uh, he's done for the season. So, um, he'll join Rob Elliott and Kieran Clark are the only three injured players at Newcastle. Um, so, it will be a big opportunity. Mo Diame, John Selby, Key, all going to be in contention here. On Everton's side, um, Marco Silva did confirm that Leighton Baines will miss the, the trip to St. James's. Um, Phil Jackalenka will have, he's missed several multiple training sessions and he will be on the sidelines, but I don't think he'll play. Richarlson was left out of the lineup against Liverpool, but they're expecting him to return, um, replacing Deer Walcott. And then uh, Morgan Schneiderlin looks like he's going to be starting. Um, and Elijah, you're up. Yeah, um, I forgot Leighton Baines was in the Premier League. He's just one yeah. of those guys that's just like, are you 45? Like, I mean, I I was shocked that Peter Cross was 38, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I mean, I was just so shocked. I'm still – I mean, and, and it makes sense after watching him play. I'm like, oh, this guy does not move a lot. So it makes sense that he's, you know, still in the Premier League. But anyway, um, wow, Leighton Baines. Oh, okay, so I think the lineup's going <laughs> to be – He's out, though. He's out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, he should retire. He should be way out. 
Um, I think the lineup will be three in the back with Cher, uh, Lascelles, and Lejeune. Um, with Dubrovka in goal, um, Matt Ritchie has a left wing back. Um, I I think this is a match where you ha- like. Even, I don't really know what's up with DeAndre Yedlin um, and Mankio starting, but Mankio didn't have a great game um, last time out. He didn't have a great match. Um, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't great. I mean, no one was really great. Um, um, but he wasn't great, and so you, you have to at least think Yedlin's back in contention. Um, and you, I think you want Yedlin's pace uh, when you're dealing with um, talented wingers, which Everton do have. Um, whether or not Richarlison plays and where he plays, um, that's you know something that we still don't really. I mean, I guess he's probably going to play, but um, but even then, like Everton have speedy wingers and all that good stuff. So you kind of want a, a guy like Yellen back there over Mankio. Um, and let's see, um, in the midfield, I think. That if Shelby's fit, I don't see why Rafa wouldn't go with the Shelby Diame pairing. Um, I just I don't over Hayden. Yeah. Um, okay. And I kind of alluded to this in my Longstaff article, but I mean Brian's probably going to write something about it. I think that it's just I don't. I mean I just I think you also have to consider chemistry in terms of midfield pairings, especially in that kind of ebb and flow holding midfielder thing. And, I mean, you could possibly see Shelby and Hayden, but I think my gut tells me that Rafa's going to go with an, a pairing that actually has some sort of chemistry and has substantial amount of uh, matches underneath them. And Shelby and Hayden had some appearances together in the championship in the past, but not nearly as much as, you know, Shelby and Diame have. Um, so that's just my gut. Um, and, I mean, hey, I could be wrong. At this point, I think what I don't want is just Diame and Hayden because I don't think either one of them has that ability to play the killer ball out of the midfield. Um, so I would just want, you know, a midfielder that can at least attempt or try to do that uh, and really going to be great in recycling possession, stuff like that, um, rather than just Diame and Hayden, which, you know, was cool, but, you know, and it was energetic and fun, but it wasn't, you know, in terms of offense, it wasn't the best. So um, I think Miguel starts. I don't see why he wouldn't start. Um, and uh, Solomon Rondon and Iose Perez. Um, you know, maybe we could see Atsu. I think my bold prediction for this match, though, is that I think Muto is going to make it on the bench. Um, oh, my God. I don't know why. But, I mean. Uh, I was going to mention, like, uh, I, I really want him to start over Perez so bad. It's, it's just I mean, time, man. I, like, I don't know. If, is Muto right-footed? Because I thought he played, like, out... I thought when he played out wide, he was, like, a, a left mid. Just, uh, Muto's just mindset. better than Perez. So just put him in there. Well, th- I get it, but I also get why you have Perez there, especially if there's chemistry between him and Rondon and Almiron off the pitch because, you know, that tends to, that tends to bode well, um, um, especially if you're running, you know, like a front three. I mean, maybe, I, I mean, I would like to see him, if we go back to the 4-2-3-1, which I think, you know, is worth a gander if you don't have an impressive match where you're, you know, somewhat in the game this weekend. You know, so maybe it's time to switch things up. I'd like to see Muto back, you know, in some capacity in that formation because, you know, you're dealing with a kind of whole different set 
whole you know new set of people in terms of uh, well not new set of people but you're dealing with a different type of formation um, that doesn't really require that much chemistry from a front three per se but um but yeah I mean I think for the time being I could see why Rafa wants to at least try this out and to that point before last match where Iose kind of disappeared there was opportunities presented to Iose from Miguel and from Rondon is the same old can't convert which sure you get that but you know it's at least you see that there there's evidence that they can find each other and that they're going to try to find each other we don't know that with Muto yet um, and we don't know what's going on in the training ground maybe they're trying it out but who knows I also don't know if Muto plays right mid I know Miguel has no right foot so I I don't want him to play anywhere on the right um but anyway um that's that's my lineup that's my bold prediction um I don't know if Hostel is on the bench. He could still be on the bench. I don't know. I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to see Muto, and I want to see Yedlin back. And then another thing I want is I want to see Shelby and Hayden start, and then a potential sub of Diame and or Keith. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I mean, yeah, that that's actually possibly the most likely is that you get Key or Shelby. Preferably Shelby, alongside Hayden. And then yeah. if that doesn't work out, you get Tiame in there with a more physical presence. Especially if Newcastle getting completely dominated and like they're not able to kind of win the ball in the midfield. Um, you know, Tiame's that type of player that's, albeit sometimes very reckless, recklessly, but will go in for those challenges and he's pretty aggressive in the interceptions and will win you the ball back before he passes it out of bounds. So Yeah. Yeah, well, and as far as, as far as match plays... Match play goes. I think, I think Everton will have most of the possession in this one. I don't think it will be as lopsided as it was last one. It was seventy six percent possession towards Everton in a one one draw last time. I think we're gonna have more than that. I hope. Um, I think we'll have over thirty, but I I would be shocked if it was like closer to fifty fifty. I I think let's say at closest it will be sixty forty to Everton. But I think realistically, sixty-five, thirty-five, um, and so so our our big the biggest watch for me is Everton is set piece game is way better than Newcastle's set piece defending. We we just lose men. We don't man mark well, and we haven't like we've we've definitely lost focus on that. I've given Lejeune a lot of crap for that this year, and Cher blew the one the uh, um, last week. So that's something to watch out for for Newcastle. I, I expect if we're going to score, it's going to be on a counter. I think that's just how we're going to play, even at home. I think Everton is just, you know, you have Sigurdsson, you have Keane, you have Charleston, you have Calvert Lewin, you have Tosin. I mean, there's there's a lot of talented players there. So I think we're going to go counter wise there. Um, any disagreements there? Or do you think. No, I think I think this is going to be one of the first opportunities that we get to see the true potential of Miguel Marone because he's most dangerous on counters. Like that yeah. was Atlanta United's thing was like they're going to press you and win the ball and go this fast break offense on the counter. And I don't think Newcastle will press, but um, you know if they do some sort of press or you know are able to get the ball in space and counter and get it out to Miguel Marone, that's where he's at his best. Um, especially as a creator. Um, you know, if we get to a point where Miguel can be more of a, a winger and he's 
and there's another number 10 who's more of a deep lying playmaker that's cool but at this point you kind of want to make sure you know you kind of want to just go on the counter and see uh what a guy with miguel's pace which translated well in the premier league apparently and what his skill set what he can do and so i i'd like that idea um but yeah that's kind of all i got in terms before we get into like predictions and stuff yeah all right so let's get into some stats before we actually do full-on predictions so um there has been under three goals scored in newcastle's last five matches fun fact there um how many in a row have Newcastle won at home? Do you know, Elijah? Uh, what, how many matches Newcastle have won in a row at home? Yeah. Just in general? Yep. Four. Yep, correct. Um, we've scored at least two goals in our last four home matches. Um, we have seen under three goals in our last three matches against Everton in all comps. And then here's the worry, worrisome stat is Everton – are undefeated in their last six matches against Newcastle in all competitions. They have not lost in six straight against us. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, 538, they're projecting this match. And if you are a Newcastle supporter, this will be a surprise to you. So, there's a 31% chance that Newcastle United will lose this match. 31%. A 30% chance is 1% lower, that Newcastle will draw this match, and the 39% chance that Newcastle win this match, according That's... to 538. Wow. Surprising, right? Yeah. Yeah. 538 is in on the tune, which isn't doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> Alright, so going to that, um, I'll start with my prediction. Um, so after a run, we've had seven points from three games. Kind of looked off pace against West Ham, but um, I know Newcastle's looking forward to get back at home. Atmosphere is going to be improved. Um, Everton on their side, they have four points in the last two and a pretty impressive draw against Liverpool in a big derby match for them. Um, Rafa Benitez is definitely going to be hoping that the home field advantage plays uh, an important dividend for them. Just in order to get out of the relegation fight completely, a win, I think, could do that for Newcastle. For this match, I do not see a win. I do not see a loss. I do think that Newcastle is going to hold on for the same result that they had before. In Everton, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw with Rondon being the goal scorer. Uh, yeah, um, I could see that. Um. I think Everton are an insane run right now in terms of form, and they've played a lot of good talent. Um, and, you know, usually I would go uh, 2-1 loss for Newcastle, but Newcastle have shocked me at times, and there have been teams that have been on really good runs of form, i.e. Man City, and we beat them. <laughs> and so uh, I don't I don't know if this will be a win. Um, I'm going to go with my gut, which says 1-1 draw. Oh, well. you got I the feel same like thing we, going I'm just going to say, as a podcast, we have not picked Newcastle to lose a lot in the past few matches. Yeah, and, we haven't. I mean, and, and you know, I was getting worried that that would catch up to us, but it, it did. It caught up to us with West Ham, and we <laughs> should have seen it coming, but we didn't. Um, West Ham are just playing better than they than they were at the beginning of the season. And, I don't know, we, we, we should have seen that one coming. Newcastle came out flat, and I think we kind of both knew that it wasn't going to go Newcastle's way within the first 15, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah. was pretty dead from the start. Um, but yeah, but you know, I think tides are back on our favor. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I have a friend who's an Everton fan. I just realized that one of my really close friends and mentors is an Everton fan, and he lives in Atlanta, obviously. Um, I don't know why that's obvious, but I'm in Atlanta, so maybe we should watch the match together. Hmm. There's, there you go. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to questions. They're brought to you by Fubo TV. So Fubo TV is an American and Canadian over-the-top internet television service that focuses primarily on channels that distribute live sports, including NFL, MLB, NBA, MLS, Go Philadelphia Union, and some of the most beautiful international soccer that you can lay your eyes on. The Premier League, Bundesliga, League O, Serie A. Just pick one and you'll be happy. Um, there's also news, network television, and movies. Also, I always mention A&E. Brett. Actually, I'm, I, I, I always say A&E. I just pick that one. But I actually don't think I actually watch any A&E. So I hope somebody, one of our listeners do. Because like, I always say, Annie <laughs> has a, like a really odd mix of content too. Is, some that's have, like, like history and like antique Rojo, right? N- yes, but they also have like drama, and they oh. also have like some wild shit. Like they have like stuff like, like not Pitbull and Parole, but they have like stuff like that where it's like drama Over. mixed with animal. It's weird. Annie is an odd programming lineup. All right, maybe I'll, I'll pay attention to A&E on Fubo TV, of course. So click the link. We're, we'll post them on our website, comehomenewcastle.com. Just click the link, sign up. There's a free trial right now. Pretty awesome. You can always back out if it's not in something that you're looking for, but it's a really good deal. You'll be very happy. Like I said, an incredible Dude. sports channel. Fox, NBC, BN Sports, Univision, NBA TV, A&E. And more. Dude, A and E actually low keys the move. It's got all the the best uh, the best reality shows, like uh, all the ones you actually care about. So well, not the get ones you care about TV the TV and use A and E to convince your wife is basically the what classic you're ones. They've got Hoarders, uh, Sixty Days In, First Forty Eight, Storage Wars, Duck Dynasty. Um, oh my gosh! Terms, all yeah, right, it's actually a, a move in terms of dramas. They got the NCIS stuff. Here, here you go. Los Angeles, all that stuff. Fubo TV. Even your wife will love it. Oh, that's a good one. Even your wife will love it. Um, and, and, and the whole family. You got Wahlburgers. That's a good family show. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves a Wahlburg. Um, you can watch Fubo TV, desktop, iOS, Android, and Roku. Um, sign up now. Go to comminghomenewcastle.com. Click on our latest podcast episode link. Click on the Fubo TV link and sign up for a free trial. You're welcome. All right. A&E's target mod audience is just like <laughs> 31 year olds to like 60. You're on the A&E grind. I, it's the just, A&E. Like all these shows are like stuff that like, like I feel like you watch after a, a day of work and you're eating ice cream and like that's what you throw on. It's like it's like it's like kind of serious because it's it's past like the Yo, sitcom. You just personified stage. what it's like to be 30 years old and married. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so past the sitcom phase. You're not watching Family Guy anymore. It's like, let me let me up the ante here. Let's see something <laughs> with a little bit of substance. But you don't want to watch, like, Murder, She Wrote. So you're watching CSI. And yeah. You're watching Law and & Order. And you're watching 
like a not storage wars i don't know who watches storage wars dog the bounty hunter wow they need to bring that show back dog hawaii what's up <laughs> he just was like ministering to people yeah and like 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 while he's like picking up bounties just what a concept all right anyway what is the question all right so we have one question and i don't know how i'm gonna do this okay well this is gonna be hard how do you say this every episode trevor really upped his game on this one so and if if you're new to the podcast we have an official questionnaire of chn radio the title is open so if anybody wants to up their question game and be named or crowned the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, you can. You just have to start submitting questions to our Twitter. And we'll, we read every question that we receive on the podcast. So feel free to shoot your questions in at any time. You can literally ask us questions at any time, and we'll read them on the podcast. Uh, but before we record every episode the day of, we'll post a tweet. So just comment to that tweet, and we'll definitely read them out. So Trevor yeah. had a very tough one. And Elijah, if you don't have it pulled up, you might want to uh, oh, because – this is going to be very a lot of me at two thirty-five in the morning. Yeah. So this is what Trevor, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, had to say. Uh, you can find him at Trevor Mindy Twelve. He said it's the ninetieth minute. Newcastle is up one to nothing. Everton have a free kick. Gilfie is standing over the ball and says, "If you can properly pronounce one of these words, he will shank it on purpose." Which word do you attempt? So there's three Icelandic words. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I have no idea where to go from this. So I'm going to try. I'm going to just spell them out for people. <laughs> All right. So I don't even know if that will help. Um, so I'm going to try to say the word and then I'm going to spell it out. Um, and I don't even know some of the letters. I don't even know what the letters are. Dude, um, I actually think I could say all these correctly. Oh, all right. So let me, let me try first because I don't think I can say any of these correctly. And then you go. Does that sound good? Okay. All yeah. Right. So and if people want more context, just go to um, – I'll post a tweet um, at, in the article as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, Elijah will post a tweet. You can follow Trevor at TrevorMooney12 and see what his tweet Really is. creative name there. Yeah. Um, so the first word is Ijafalakajokul. <laughs> um, and it's spelled E-Y-J-A-F-J-A-L-L-A-J-O with the two dots on top. K-U-L-L. An umlau. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second word is Kalafakchakar Aftar. And that is K-L-O-F-A-L-A. E K J A R K J A F T U R, and the third word is Ragander. Ragander. All right, All right. I'm going to take you through R A G N H E I D U R. All right, I'm going to I'm going to try to say these. I'm going to take you through my rationale for saying them. Okay. Before I say them, so and then I'm we gonna... then we have to pick which one we would say yeah. to Gilfie. Um, I'll tell you which one I think is the easiest. Um, after I do them. Um, okay. So I think, and I mean, I could be totally wrong, but um, just by how. Uh, and before you start, limited, Trevor, you have to get back to us and let us know if any of these were correct at all. We'll just ask the Icelandic guy we interviewed like months ago. Yeah. Well, I, I do hey. know Trevor's girlfriend is Icelandic. So I oh. know I know where this came from. <laughs> wow. Trevor. Hey, yeah. shout out to Trevor. Okay. Born, born and raised. So, okay. All so right, I know Trevor. where he got this this ammo from yeah also the official uh the official 
how do I, I like I can't call like there's no ver- word for dating guy official <laughs> dating o- official guru. Icelandic dating guru yeah I mean yeah all right cool so I'm gonna guess that in Icelandic like some other like a, I wouldn't say a lot of you but some other European languages um, the J's are actually pronounced like Y's um, okay so. Um, and I think that O is going to be pronounced like it is in German because it's got an umlaut. It's a very similar symbol symbol. Um, and there's not, I don't know if there's a, but I've heard, you know, some Icelandic pronunciation of some words just from the world cup, which is not, you know, a great reference, but <laughs> the, it does lead me to believe that some of the, the way some of the wor- letters work is similar to like how it wor- works in German or, you know, a lot of the other Eastern European uh languages maybe not eastern european i don't know all right anyway so i think it's that is actually a <laughs> mouthful um and then with the second word it's got the k-l-o-f-a-l and the a-e is pronounced how you think it is i think it's like a um and the other A's are A's like ah. So like it's like Clofal Lake Yark Yafter. So Clofal Lake Yark Yafter. And the last one I think is the easiest one to say because I think the only um the only thing I think that because that's like a, a it looks like a D with a weird symbol. And maybe that means to soften the D. So it's like a Ragen Hajur. Instead of Ragen Hydur, it's like Ragen Hydur. Ragen Hyjur. So I think that would be the best rag. Guess I think, for is it rag or rag? I think it's rag. I'm going to go. Yeah, I think I said ragen Hyjur. Because that, that sound of ah is, a, is like a very American, not even English. It's like an American sound. That ah is, is like not something that a lot of other languages have. Yeah. All right. So two a questions. A lot of languages pronounce things ah. Yeah. The first question is Gilfi going to just take this free kick or do you have a word that you're very confident with i think that last one say that's, the last when one you again? said that that was the first one i was like when you first said that question i was like the last one because right, i say, think say that, the last one again all right you're doing a lot of clicking i don't really know what this is about clicking? uh rog and Heiser. i'm doing clicking yeah i heard some clicking oh i was just, but it's my rog and Heiser. that's that's what i think it is Okay, I'm gonna pick the second one. Okay, that's absurd. That's easily the like. That's probably the hardest one. Clofa, Clofa, Yake, Clofa, Lake, Jafter. Clofa, Yake, Jark, Jafter. I don't think the J is a J. Just let me. That's my submission. That's my submission. Okay, you're ragging whatever you said. Especially since like Gilfie is not. It's like it's like Gilfie Sigurdsson. It's it seems like a very one of those languages where they don't use a lot of harsh pronunciation. It's like supposed to be a little bit more free. If you're Icelandic, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have an Icelandic listener. Like I mean, been on do. the pod. We do. <laughs> we, he's probably not going to listen after this. Gunter, what's up? What, Gunter, you pronounce yeah. his name with a hard G. Gun, it's like Gunthor. Yeah, that's a hard G. So you might it be Gilfie. It gets true. Yeah. Damn it. Sorry. Well, it seems like Gilfie's going to take this free kick. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to he's going to take it. It's whether or not he's going to make it is yeah. the issue. I did like, he's say take that it Everton would score via a free kick. 
But here's the thing. He's probably not going to score, though. He might not, no. Statistically speaking, he probably won't <laughs> score from a direct free kick. Yeah. Yeah. So, at, at the end of the day, DeBrasse is going to see it. To save it or he's going to shake it. Doobie. Um, All right. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Elijah? Uh, No. All right. Well, that concludes episode 47 of CHN Radio. We are very happy that you joined us for this. Once again, just please, Fabian, share this podcast. Gotcha. Um, subscribe. We need more subscribers. Please rate us five stars. It's it's very important for this podcast, for us reaching out to new listeners. Um, definitely share our podcast. The more ratings that we see, the more we know that you've been sharing us, which is very important. So please continue to do that. Thank you for everyone that has. Um, I am Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. He is Elijah Newsom. You can follow him at Elijah J. Newsom. No. Oh. <laughs> I no, a, is it just Elijah Newsom? Well, no, there's why an would there be a there. J in my name? I have no idea. I just guessed. It's Elijah underscore Newsom. <laughs> oh, it's like kind of a J, but not the bottom part of the J. You know, you you saw what happened. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. You you're looking. You have that tweet pulled up, and you see all the J's. And you no, just I like, I do not. Right now, I have a Fubo TV ad pulled up. No, okay. Well, <laughs> I just went at the top of the dome, and I was wrong. So Elijah yeah, underscore okay. Newsom, way easier than what I was suggesting. So follow him there. Follow our podcast at chn underscore radio, and follow our master account at coming home and UFC and then check out our website coming home newcastle.com also if you're interested in writing in helping out with the podcast anything that's related to Newcastle United that you think you can add value to uh, shoot us an email at chn radio nufc at gmail.com we'll be more than happy to reach out also if you're still listening it's very important so during the international break we Interview people that are not living in Newcastle that support Newcastle United. We would love to hear from you. If you are interested in being interviewed on the podcast, we would love to have you on for a segment Beyond the Tune. We did it on in August, September, or no, September, October, and November. And there's been a hiatus because there's no international break, but we will be oh, doing yeah. it again in a few weeks. Whoa, so, Greg, Greg, I just yeah. got an idea. What's that? Dude, we should. We should reach out to Michael Martin and be like, hey, we want you to come on our pod and then literally just do these interviews like the, the just so he just like I just want to see what he would do. Let's, like, do let's these just interviews. tag him in every one of these, actually. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, Michael, there's a here's a passionate fan who's been following Newcastle, has a Newcastle back tattoo and lives in in uh, in Boise, Idaho. What are you gonna What are you gonna do about it? One lost are muffin. You more <laughs> yeah, it's one lost muffin. Yeah, yeah. that's that's who it is. <laughs> Jeez, if one lost muffin had a back tattoo of Newcastle's crest, like Michael Martin can't say anything. That would be amazing. All right, well let's uh, let's get on out of here. It was a pleasure speaking to your ears. I hope it was a pleasure for you listening to our voices. And let's get some points from Everton. You won't yeah. be hearing from us till next week. And until then, I hope you listen to more Bladen Races. I hope you cheer for many Newcastle goals. And away the lads.
Oh, <laughs> 